Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast. The podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Business and Heels Podcast. This is episode 19 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Did you know that 60% of Australian small businesses fail within the three years of starting their operation? And my guest today says that having proper financial foundations can stop this from happening. Joining me on today's show is Julie Elliott. Julie is passionate about women realizing their full potential by ensuring they have strong financial foundations for their business and that women are not afraid of the F word. And what's the F word? finance and that they will be able to embrace their financial knowledge and use that to really grow their business. She's uniquely qualified to assist having been one of only two women to be the CEO of an Australian bank. Now on today's show, Julie is going to share how having a proper financial foundations in your business can stop you from becoming one of those statistics of the high business failure rate. She also wants to talk about why cash flow is king and is one of the most important areas to address in your business. It's not only the, uh, not a sexy bit, is it really, when we talk about cash flow and finances, but it is crucial. So today she wants to talk about some key things so that we can learn to start to embrace it. Uh, don't be afraid of it. And she's also talk about you need a partnership with your financial institution. There are many, many options beyond the four banks. There are over 100 banks in Australia and beyond. And so she's going to talk about that today as well. So welcome to the show, Julie. Great. Great to be here, Anne-Marie. Looking forward to the discussion. Women, as I said and um, in the introduction, sadly are very afraid of talking about finance, talking about numbers for a number of different reasons. They don't want to uh, disclose that they may not understand what a profit and loss is, what their cash flow is. And so it's really great to be able to have you come on the show because you've got such a diverse background in finance. As, as I mentioned, you were only two women or one of two women to be the CEO of a bank in Australia. So just tell us, Julie, give us a bit of a background, an overview, if you will, of your background, your experience, because it's vast and it's very impressive. No, I've had a, uh, I've been very fortunate to have a very diverse career. And uh, one of the lessons I do like to share with women and entrepreneurs is don't be afraid to have a go. 
Um, and because that's one of the things that I've had in my career. We all have, including me, um, men, everybody has those voices inside us that says, oh no, you can't do that, you can't do that. Mm. One of the things I was fortunate to learn early on was to stop that voice and just say, no, if someone else has seen more in you than you've seen in yourself, mm. have a go. And time and time again, I've been in situations where I haven't been totally sure I could actually do what I'm being asked to do. Yes. Um, but I've always been successful mm. um, because I've stopped that voice and I've had a go and I've tried to see, well, what's someone else seen in me um, that I haven't seen in myself? So I've always said yes to um, opportunity. And I think that's really critical because there's mm -hmm. lots of research out there where women are 120% qualified for a role and they'll, or a, a job or a business opportunity. And I'll look at that one thing in the paperwork that they can't think that they can't do and they'll cling to that yes. rather than everything else that they can do in spades where we know that because men are wired differently mm -hmm. they'll look at the same job description they can only do 20 percent of it but they'll still have a go and put themselves forward so oh yes if we can make a difference and help women have a go mm. i think that's really critical on top of you know, helping them um, have great business foundations. Oh, absolutely. I love the way that you said that you really just said yes. You didn't go through the you know the analysis in your head, which often we do, and we kind of measure ourselves. Am I really the person with the skills and so forth? So as we mentioned, you were one of only two women in Australia as, as a CEO of a financial institution. What other background that led you up to, to that, to, to achieving the opportunity to, to step up? What other things had you been involved in in your career so prior? I started um, my career as a chartered accountant um, at KPMG which was a really great grounding because there I got to see lots of different businesses and industries yes. and the drivers of those industries and what made this, them successful and then what levers that you had at your disposal to be able to pull to make them successful mm. so you know one day I would be in a mining industry the next I'd be at a cosmetic company or a tobacco company back in the day um, supermarkets so seeing all of the drivers and levers that led to that business being successful and what was most, the three or four most important things to mm. make that business successful. So yeah. that yeah. was just an amazing background. From there, I went into banking. So I was the first woman at NAB to run a business banking centre. Um, I then went to Melbourne and ran the payments business. So I've got um, business banking payments. Mm. I then went into the financial planning side at both NAB and Westpac in senior roles. Um, so I can, when I think about things, I can bring that financial planning elements to it as well mm. and ran substantial financial planning and wealth businesses across those two companies. Mm -hmm. Then I ran a, a part of the retail bank for Westpac, which again was great experience, just dealing with a totally different customer base and different set of needs and different product base. And all of that led them me to being asked to run the Bank of Sydney, mm -hmm. um, which is 100% owned by um, the Bank of Beirut. So that was an interesting wow. journey being a blonde uh, Aussie female running a Lebanese-owned bank in Australia. And as you said earlier, only one of two women, sadly, to have run banks in Australia. Mm. Um, so now I sit on boards, I do some consulting, but I'm really passionate about um, helping women entrepreneurs start their business and give give it every chance of being successful and talking about well, what are those elements that you might want to shy away from, mm. but are just you've got to force yourself to address for success in your business. Yeah. 
what a wealth and and of experience and i think sometimes as women when we take for granted what we've learned and the knowledge and even just hands-on experience through the day-to-day operations but being able to see from that uh, you know from the accounting perspective and and really encompassing all of that experience has really as you said given you some clear indications as to why businesses were failing and had failed and have failed and maybe in comparison to the business that are doing really well, the key elements that they've had in place that really supported their, their growth. So one of the things that you were saying, you know, we, we read that statistic and that's high, that really is high. I mean, you know, especially women, we start up our business often because we're passionate about a specific topic or an area that we want to contribute towards. Yet if we don't have those key financial aspects, we're going to talk about that in a moment in place, then a business that often we start because it really is who we are and what we want to contribute to come to an end like that is really, really sad. So let's talk about proper financial foundations. What are you talking about? Are there key aspects? There's so there's such a broad aspect when we talk about finance, but are there some key things that you know are so important and we have to educate ourselves around if we want to build solid, sustainable businesses? Yeah, no, absolutely. So first and foremost, um, when you starting up a business and you've got a great idea, um, put a plan in place and you know, I, I'm now on the board of a bank, um, PNM Bank in Perth, and you know we have a large business plan because we're a regulated business and we've got a large customer base. We need to have that, mm. um, but a business plan should be fit for purpose. So, don't when I say business plan, I don't want anyone to kind of glaze over and think, oh, you know, a 40-page document. I can't do that, even if it's just one page with dot points on it. Mm-hmm. You know, have that plan of what you're standing for, what's your you know, what's unique and different about you and what you're trying to do? What are you bringing to the market? Yes. You know, what, what is your target market? Um, and even if it, that's just dot points, that's great. Mm. Um, but I think even the process of writing it down means that you've thought about it because there's something about the neural pathways when ideas are flowing from your brain to your hand, whether you're typing or writing, um, there's just something about that it helps the thinking and the thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say too, as well, share it with someone else because particularly for, as women, we're, we're great sharers. Mm. And when you share it with someone else, that strengthens your commitment and your resolve and your expertise. Yes. But then with that plan, make sure that um, you have addressed the finances as part of the plan. Um, and first and foremost, I say to people, don't just don't shy away from it don't engage you mightn't get it all totally perfect first time mm-hmm. but just don't glaze over when someone talks about finances start by engaging and listening um, and asking those questions that are in your head because if you're thinking it someone else probably um, is as well mm. and we'll talk later on about you know well how do you choose those financial p- partners because that's critical as well yes but, you know, it's interesting because I've been recently working with a, a couple of businesses um, and, you know, they were very passionate about their, what they wanted to do, but also, you know, there's financial objectives of what they want to achieve as well. Mm. Um, so I was also able to, through questioning with them, say to them, well, you know, there, there seems to me to be a gap between what you want to achieve and the market that you're trying to to target Mm. um, because I don't think you're going to be able to achieve what you want to achieve just from that market. So do you need to add another group Mm -hmm. to what you're doing? 
um, which is which is interesting. So yeah, be be realistic about your target market and what you're trying to achieve. And if you're doing it just for passion, great. But you know, we all need to put groceries on the table and yes. pay electricity bills, and and life happens. Mm. Um, so be be realistic. So in both those cases, we actually worked the numbers backwards of mm. well, what did they want to achieve and if this is your target market and this is the price that you're charging, there's not enough hours in the week for you to actually be able to get there. Yeah, yeah. And when when we look at the numbers that way, and I think it's explained, it actually becomes exciting because, I mean, in my background is, is actually in bookkeeping many, many decades ago. So maybe we get just naturally excited about numbers. But here's the here's where are some experiences that I've seen, you know, that they may have a number of different product ranges. But when you do a little bit of an analysis on that, you recognize that more of your time is spent generally generating if you're generating less sales you kind of think well why are we focusing so much time and attention and marketing efforts on this product and it's got a low percentage of return as in profits yep. and it's not generating us the best yet here it doesn't this product here or the service that we're offering it doesn't really take us much at all because people need this why don't we focus that more of our efforts on that because it generates more profits we don't understand where we all of that is unless we have those numbers laid in front of us and as you say you can't play plan your steps where you need to focus your attention and energy and marketing uh, dollars if we don't have a clear pathway as to what are we promoting what's the end in game in mind and this is the things that you're talking about when we know that information we can make better decisions can't we no absolutely because the 80 20 rule applies to any business and you know when I was working in the large banks as well um, 80 percent of my the profits I was generating for the banks was coming from 20% of my customer yes. base. Um, and it's not rocket science. I think often intuitively, you know, this stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, looking at it and listening to it and spending your time where you're going to get um, the re your return, whether that's for your passion or for the financial reasons as well. Yes. But, but make sure though that business plan has some uh, financial goals and some a financial foundation as part of it yeah, um, yeah. You know, how much do you need to start up the business if you're developing a product mm. um, how, how much do you need that where's that money going to come from how are you going to sustain yourself through mm. the first six to nine months while the business is getting established and before the cash starts flowing through the business um, because the business even if it's not a massive or major business is going to be um, costs in setting up a website and getting mm. domain names and web hosting and, and email hosting and all of that happens on a um, on a monthly basis, yeah. no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Something that you said about um, the process of writing down a business plan, I want to touch on this because you said it's a document that it's not set in stone. It really is a goalpost. You're putting some ideas down and this is what you want to achieve. And so what I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper is sometimes as women, men too, but I think women really, um, it can impact their self-confidence and self-belief when they start to work towards a goal. And, and a business plan really is setting a goal. Here are the things that I want to achieve. When we don't achieve that, we turn inwardly and say, well, look, I'm a failure. But business is all about tracking and monitoring. And then if we're not getting the results, what can I change? And so yep. what I find often happen is we don't put our goals down because then guess 
guess what? We're not setting ourselves up for failure because there's no measurement tool. But we've got that backwards, haven't we? And it's not failure. It's just feedback. Talk a little bit more about this because I think some, some women can really be empowered through hearing this. No, absolutely. Like it, it's it's a learning process. Um, and I used to think that ideas were, you know, big, massive explosions and you just woke up one day and you had this, you know, brilliant idea and, um, you know, and if you read about Einstein and you know all these great scientists who have had these great discoveries, mm-hmm. it hasn't happened that way. Whereas that used to be my perception of that, that's how it happened. They just had this woke up one day and then the theory of relativity was there. <laughs> um, but it comes through conversations mm. with people and we're sharing our thoughts with someone when we have a conversation mm. and then they go and share that conversation with someone else and the thoughts get built on and that's how business um, mm. builds up. And a business idea builds up and if that's the process you're never going to get it right first up so it's about how do you tweak it yes so it's not about yeah you're going to get it right first time i don't get it right mm. first time um you know stuff needs tweaking and then you have a conversation with someone else and they add to it yeah um so it really is about you've got to see that not as failure but as as a learning there's a great mm. um example we talk about in corporate life where uh, a, a, an employee goes into their boss's office and they've just cost the business $10 million. Mm. So he goes into his boss's office and gives him the envelope and says, oh, look, I've cost the business this money. Here's my resignation. Um, you know, I've got to leave the business because I've really stuffed up. And the manager tears up the envelope and says, no, I'm not accepting it. I've just made a $10 million investment in your learning. Don't do it again. Yeah, it's so, so true. And I love the fact that you're, you know, you shared that example because it is a process. It's an evolution. And, you know, through interviewing hundreds and hundreds of, of people over the last 10 years, now almost a decade, there are reiterations of a business that is now multi-million dollar business, yet it's the 8th, the 12th, the, the 20th go round where they've tweaked, they've gone back and said, well, this worked, we'll continue doing that and improve it, but we need to change that. Unless Actually, we're having it's conversations. Even just a mm. simple framework that I like to use, because I believe in simple processes, yes. not that everyone can pick up and use no matter how big the business, but um, in all the businesses I've been involved in, apart from, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats, mm-hmm. which is um, critical to think about, even if it's in quite a rudimentary form, mm. but also keep doing stop, keep stop start. So what do I keep doing? What do I stop doing? And yes. what do I um, start doing? Yes. So if you're always asking yourself those questions about your business or like every quarter you've got a process where you mm-hmm. sit down and do that, that's really important. But I really should want to also emphasize the stop because often we're really, and I think particularly as women, we're really good at keep adding on Yes. and we don't actually ever take anything True. out. Um, and, and I really do believe in being a shotgun, not a scattergun, like doing two or three things mm. really, really well. Um, rather than doing 80 things and it just spraying everywhere. Yeah. Two or three things, really concentrate on them, focus them and do them really, really well, which means to do that means you have to stop doing some stuff as well. And I find that really hard. I'm sure everyone Me else too. does as well. Me too. It's just kind uh, of like we, we have these um, 
you know, these visions of superwoman. And just because we we may be able to do all of those things, is it really the best use of our time? And I love that scattergun approach to the shotgun approach is that be focused because then we build momentum a lot quicker. And once we build in momentum, then we can maybe expand or, or hand that off, delegate that part of the business to a team member because now we can afford to, to hire more strong team members and then focus on something else. Absolutely. And well, on momentum, um, Often too, I've seen, and, and you know, I always have to stop myself doing this as well. Mm. It's momentum is like the flywheel. It starts off quite slowly and is really hard to turn initially, mm. but then as the flywheel goes, it gets faster and faster and faster. Um, and sometimes people change a strategy too quickly yes. that they're just on the verge of um, getting that momentum, mm-hmm. and they'll. Ch- chop and change to something else whereas if they'd stuck with it just a little bit longer Mm -hmm. and I mean all business isn't about black and white Um, I always say it's about shades of grey and that's Mm -hmm. why we need the human intellect to be able to do this stuff because um, it is about shades of grey and you know your experience kind of tells you when when something's just about to change yes Um, but sometimes the courageous thing is actually to keep doing with what you you're doing because you're nearly just there, yeah. Um, as opposed to thinking, oh no, it's not working. I'll go and do something else. Mm, and that's what I think a lot of us do. We end up just throwing all of it to one side and going, this didn't work. But if we'd mapped it out and we'd had different, you know, um, areas or indicators that we could look at and say, well, that part's working. We just need to tweak this a little bit more. Like yep. you were saying with the profits that someone was generating, it's kind of like you actually need to increase your hourly rate or you would need to work 100 hours to generate that. When we see that in black and white, we go, oh, all right, we really need to, you know, crunch our numbers a little bit differently so to get well, a different well, result. And what's great is in one of those cases, I mean, you know, of confidentiality, I won't give further detail, but mm. you know, they then went away and rejigged it and took the same product but into a different market. Yes. And is now actually very excited about that yep. new market. Yeah. Now imagine um, if they had gone, well, that doesn't work. We're just going to throw the whole idea away. Yet it's going to be really good in a different market. Yeah, yep. and that often happens. That often happens. Such great insights there, golden, golden nuggets. No matter what stage or what age you are at in your business, these are all such great principles and I think foundations. Let's talk about cash flow is king because it is because yep. if you haven't got cash flow there, um, you can't pay your bills and that often can be what has businesses come to a grinding halt. Why do you think people are so afraid of it? Is it similar to they don't really understand it and therefore they try and ignore it and then all of a sudden it's in the face, your face, because you can't pay your wages, you can't pay your suppliers? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely in that um, mm. fear bucket um, where, you know, we don't deal with finances and cash flow. Cash flow is part of that. Yes. But you need the cash coming in. You need to know when it's coming in. Mm. I mean, ultimately, the business has to be profitable because you can't keep generating cash forever without profits um, but initially you need that cash flow um, coming in because as you say that's what pays your bills mm. I think the other thing that's really important as well um, and this links a bit about one of my passions about you know, the new age of homelessness in Australia is mm. becoming um, older women but yes. sadly um, and that's because <laughs> in big part they haven't got their financial stuff in order mm. um, but business owners should always have a mindset that 
um, they need to be paying themselves from the business as well. What I often see is, you know, as you, the business grows, you get a couple of employees, you know, you're paying your employees their wages, you're paying your employees their super, mm. but you're not paying yourself either your wage or your super. Um, and you've got to be, you are the business, so you've got to be taking care of yourself financially as well, not just your employees. And never fall into the temptation of saying, oh, well, my business will be my super because I will be able to sell it. Mm. And the way the world is changing with disruption and your whole industry is changing overnight with you know, technology and digitalization, mm -hmm. um, you don't know that someone else will buy your business when you ultimately want to sell it. Mm. So better to say, well, if I do sell it at the end and I get a lump sum, that's a, an added bonus. Yes. I've got my super that my business has provided for me yeah um, as well and something so on that julie if if people are looking at purchasing a business they're going to look at the profit and loss and if they can see that the head the ceo the person in the business isn't paying themselves that's going to show up and say well hang on you haven't even been at paying yourself so yeah so 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 true are there and we're going to this is probably going to segue beautifully into what you're talking about is being partner being in partnership with key people to support because in business and we said this we were having a discussion before we hit record and, and here on Facebook is that we sometimes assume that as CEOs, as leaders of our business, we need to have all of the answers, but that's not the case. And with finance, we can then hire people, we can invest in people who that is their expertise. Speak a bit more out of, about this too, because I think, again, there's a perception that we need to know everything, especially in this area, we can learn, but we can also partner with other people who are expert and who absolutely love this, this area. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I don't know everything. And even in a lot of these areas today, I know enough about it to talk about it, but I'm no longer a deep technical expert because mm. I've gone and done a whole lot of other things. So I have an accountant and a financial planner that I rely upon. I don't do all that stuff for myself, but I get asked a lot, well, how do I find those people? Mm. How do I find those partners? Um, and I always believe simplicity, you know, keep it simple. Um, and I think as women, we're really great at that. We're great at relationships. We're great at um, building. And I believe too, it takes a village. Yes. Um, and, and I have a great group of resources that I rely upon mm -hmm. um, as well. So, I mean, people just see me, but I've got, you know, a lot of a you know, big support base behind me as well that I rely upon. So we're all in that boat. Mm. Um, but I say, you know, uh, our friends, and business colleagues that we respect and trust are great resources. So always get a referral from them. So if you're mm -hmm. looking for an accountant, a financial planner or, and or a banker, and definitely all businesses should have some kind of accounting support um, and some kind of banker support. Mm. Um, but go and ask your friends, get three recommendations of who they deal with, mm. and then go and sit down with all three people and um, interview them like mm. you would an employee. Um, and and this is where, you know, as we said earlier, just engage. Don't get blown away if they start to talk about, um, you know, high-level concepts that you don't understand and, you know, they're using jargon, mm. which I, I try to keep it simple and not, not do those things um, to be approachable. I don't always succeed at that, but I try to do that. Um, but a lot of people by default do fall into jargon. Mm. Um, but don't get put off by the fact that you don't understand the jargon. 
um, engage and try to understand what they're saying. And over time, as you engage, you will start to learn and pick mm. up the concepts. Um, and it is a learning process and a journey. But then um, share with them the, what you're trying to achieve mm. and go with your gut. Like as women, our guts are great. Mm. And I think often we don't rely on them enough. You know, if our gut's telling us something, it's generally yeah, for a very yeah. good reason. So even if intellectually you don't know, mm. your gut's telling you, no, that they're not the right person to go with. They don't get me. They don't get what I'm trying mm. to, to achieve. So go with the person that you think, you and your gut think gets you most and what you're trying to achieve because they're going to be the best partner for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for a banker financial planner and an accountant. Mm. And I think with a lot of the networking groups that many women uh, are part of, there are some great people that you have just mentioned that, that operate in those fields that we can get to know, like and trust over time as we see. So when we're ready to make um, a move that we need to hire someone, an investor, and I think it is an investment uh, in that because these people can see um, aspects of our business that we're not operating, we're not tapping into something, we can leverage it even further and just through one or two conversations can open up our business to a whole new aspect of, of revenue, you know, revenue of income, a whole different business model that could be really profitable for our business and, and where we're not having those conversations, we wouldn't see them. Absolutely. And just um, to expand on the banking piece a bit as well, because I think this will be useful for your listeners, is, um, um, and you know, I said this at a conference one day and it seemed obvious to me, mm. um, but everyone said, wow, we hadn't thought of that, that there is a lot of other banks in Australia beyond the big four banks. A lot of people yes. think that there's just four. There's over 100 banks in Australia, all of which are regulated by the same regulator, have tremendous capability and can mm. look after some, you know, some have great relation a lot a lot have great relationships with their customers and and you're a name not just a number yes um, so don't just automatically think big four banks there's lots of other banks out there mm. and there's lots of options um beyond the other banks as well like i'm on um a board of a invoice finance company mm. you know we spoke earlier about um cash flow being king um an invoice finance company um uh, will uh, discount your invoices for you where, where, where you're dealing with other businesses. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to put up the family home as security and you don't have to you know, secure your firstborn oh, um, to go. the bank to, to get a facility with a company like that. Um, that, that the security we, um, we take in invoice financing is purely against the invoice and then they will offer a discount of 80 or 85% um, against that invoice and I'll give you the cash the next day. Yeah, there are so many different options and you mentioned the word disruption and I'm all I, I all about change for the betterment, I think, of, of consumers and, and obviously business person. But I remember the days years ago, decades ago, where you would have to go to one of the major banks to get a merchant account. Now there are online sources that enable you to get and, and take money from different um, currencies and you know, you can download an app on your phone or a little square thing and there you go. You can start to, you know, generate income and have people pay you. So sometimes we don't know what we don't know and it's having conversations like we are today and going, I had no idea that existed. Oh, no, absolutely. And look, 
yeah, as you say, there's, you know, you can take merchant payments now virtually on your mobile phone. Mm. Um, there's three digital banks um, at the moment seeking licenses that I'm aware of within oh, Australia. Yeah. So, you know, the world that that's changing every day. Um, a question I do get asked a lot is about um, cryptocurrencies and I, I uh -huh. wouldn't advise anyone on cryptocurrencies, um, but everyone would have, a lot of people would have read the volatility in the price of the cryptocurrencies. So the only thing I would say on that um, is to not take cryptocurrencies in payment by payment unless you really understand it and really know uh, what it's about. Yeah. Take, um, take good old Aussie cash or foreign, <laughs> yes, currencies, foreign right. currencies because the uh, governments of the world stand behind those currencies yes. where cryptocurrency um the internet standing behind oh absolutely it's just it just goes to, to to confirm how important it is to go and have conversations with people who are working in the industry so that they can give us the solid feedback that that's right it's not like you'll go with your phone well i've got x cryptocurrency to coles or, or whatever and say can i purchase my groceries with that so um look julie it's been such a pleasure speaking with you it's so important that as women in business that we educate our Ourselves. Do not be ashamed if we're not sure of something. Ask a question. Say, look, I'm, I'm just back up a little bit. Can you explain that to me uh, again? Because that's something that I've not heard. And when, as, as we educate ourselves, we become far more empowered to be able to make solid decisions. Just share with everybody what it is that you do and how best we can connect with you. Um, so I, um, I do um, some mentoring, coaching, and, and consulting. Um, uh, and I sit on boards as well. Um, so I, I split my time between both, um, but I, I like to do the breadth of, of both because mm. it gives me different fulfillment. Yes. Um, so either contact me through, uh, like my Facebook page, um, Julie Hyam Elliott on Facebook, or um, juliehyamelliott.com, which has got a contact link to me as well and I'll come back to you within 24 hours. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show. As we said, uh, sadly, the statistic is high of businesses who, uh, who fail and being able to really educate and empower ourselves to make better decisions through having cash flow that's coming in, through making good, solid business decisions, and then being able to give ourselves permission to back up and change things if we need to because we've got that solid business plan that we're using as a guiding tool um, that can just continue to help us to grow our businesses and not end up just throwing everything away and starting from scratch or even giving up, as you said, just before that moment where we're about to hit that momentum to really create a business. So there you go. We've got all of the contact details there for Julie if you want to reach out. If you realise that some of the things we were talking about you don't really know much about, please feel free to reach out to Julie. Of course, this is part of the Business and Heels podcast, so we hope that you'll be going and attending some of the in-person events and, of course, the online events that Business and Heels has to offer as well. Thanks once again. Julie, did you want to say one other thing? Oh, no, I was just going to say, and I'm also very proud to be an ambassador for Business and Heels as well, so I do get out and about to a number of the branches yeah. um, into the groups as well. So oh, fabulous. So maybe we will see you down here in Melbourne one day. Absolutely. Well, I lived in Melbourne for six years, so I love a visit to Melbourne. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Thanks once again. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.